You are slipping into a distorted dimension. Reality and fantasy are changing places past the event horizon. Bullies are victims, men are women, and abuse is love. You weren't here just yesterday. Reality is still out there. But to find your way back, you have to notice it. And now, the Disaffected Podcast with Joshua Slocum. Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And this is part two of a conversation with Casey, who is a psychiatric nurse. And we talked on the last episode about some of the general uh, experiences she has working in acute psychiatric emergency care and the, the high percentage of people with cluster B personality disorders who end up in that facility. And we ended on an interesting note that I wanna pick back up on. Casey said, the way that policies are being written in terms of treatment means that we can't get to the root of these people's problems. And that's where I want to start with again. Casey, thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me back. So expand on that, please. Because um, when we talk about cluster B, we know that there's a genetic and an environmental contribution to this, as there, as there almost certainly is for most conditions, physical and mental that people can have. But we also know statistically that the vast majority of people who end up being diagnosed with a cluster B disorder or who we can observe to have them, whether they're diagnosed or not, come from trauma. They come from neglect or abuse or both in their childhood. And it may have continued past childhood into adult relationships that they chose um, because they're stuck in a bad pattern. So we know a lot of what causes this in people. Keeping that in mind, tell me a little bit more about your thoughts about these policies and, and getting to the root of problems. Okay, so, all right. There's this, like, when I say policies, it's almost like unspoken, but spoken policies. And like I, like I said in the last episode about that one lady who told me that I, I didn't speak therapeutic, it's like, now I'm seeing this everywhere where, we have to be so careful that um, not to harass a patient, I guess, for the lack of a better term. So then you end up, but there are some conversations that are gonna draw tears, that are gonna feel like, you know, they, they, they gotta get heavy, right? They do yes. for us to get to what caused this, okay? So, but, like this and it's not even just a um so art so stick with me it's gonna come into full circle right okay. so it's it's kind of like what you asked me in the last episode with the outside society and everything so like i said everything is bleeding into the healthcare system okay so all right we have we have our like traditional um people our age or you know 30s 40s or whatever yeah. our issues are really in rooted in some sort of trauma, right? So 
where something might have, you know, that happened to us. And then like, that's why we have this issue that we have to deal with. But our generation is getting flushed out. So I guess uh, now I'm more paying attention to the generation coming behind us and why I made that statement. The generation coming behind us, I don't believe has had, <laughs> I'm sorry, that hardcore trauma that you just, I'm not, obviously there's not- Okay, sure. Everybody, but it's not as much that hardcore trauma that you talk, you talk about because I've seen these kids' parents, you know, first when I dealt with these kids, the way they would talk to their parents, I'm like, how is the parent not in the next room you know, next door, the kids would curse their parents out and everything else. Okay. And so I highly doubt that these kids were getting, you know, hit on and touched on by their parents or whatever. So I didn't do a study. This is me watching this. Sure. So, but I know that society is telling these children at an age when you're 13, 11, and 10, 11, 12, 13. You don't know who you are. You don't have that confidence. I remember that age, man. I used to cry about it. I got made fun of all the time, the whole bit, right? So you're trying to figure out who you are. And while you're trying to figure out who you are, you don't even realize you're trying to figure out who you are. Now, I couldn't even, I wouldn't have survived this, this time in life because I have society telling me that while I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how I feel about myself, well, you may not be a girl or you may, I, I really have a problem with this. I do, I can't. I, I'm yeah, so do I. Because it is destroying children. So you know, you may not be a girl or if you, you know, automatically, if you even look at a girl and think she's pretty, well, you must be a boy. <laughs> like what, right. you know, like people are trying to figure themselves out and y'all catching these kids at the most vulnerable time in their lives. Okay. But then the parents don't even stop this stuff and they more, they like, they go along with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I feel like now society's giving children issues to have personal That they wouldn't have had otherwise. Yes, yes, I, I do because, and then, so now I'm met with, but I'm not even gonna just talk about just even the the gender issue. Social activism, period. Yeah, I'm gonna call it all out. Okay. There's a lot of, you know, young black kids who are 14 walking around mad about something that they know nothing about. Walking around mad about slavery, don't get me wrong. It was, we know it was ugly, I know that. Right. But I don't, I don't know what it was to be a slave. Thank you. And God. neither do they. <laughs> yes, that's and that's the point, right? But they are heated. They're angry. They, I'm like, yo, why y'all so mad? Like, y'all are mad. And then they tell them, well, fight for this cause. Um, you know, BLM, whatever, fight for this cause. And these kids, then they get radicalized. They get, they get, they don't even get to know who they are. They go fight for some cause that's not even there. And that can cause an issue too, because now they feel important. They're doing this for, you know, to feel important for attention and then it distorts their reality. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now how do I feel like that? And then I start working with kids this age. And when a young girl comes and she's telling me, like I said, she's suicidal and cutting, but she doesn't know she's non-binary or whatever. It is, it goes against everything in my brain, not to say, Yo, I think you feel like this because society has told you just because you thought that girl was cute, that now you need to figure out what your gender is. Like, this, the girl can be cute. You can like right. girls, you don't have to be a boy, or you could just thought the girl was cute and you still like boys. Or, or <laughs> you might turn out to be gay, but there are a number of possibilities here. It might just be you think the girl is cute. Um, it, it might turn out that you're bisexual. It might turn out that you're yes, gay. Sir. But one thing that never turns out, 
ever, ever, ever is that you're the opposite sex. Yes, that's my point. That's but what it, like, you, but you know, you're saying, it sounds to me, when you said that, that there are some people, some professionals in the field who don't like this candid talk because they think of it as harassing a patient, what immediately jumped to mind, it sounds to me like an atmosphere of walking on eggshells. Yes. And it sounds also like these parents that you've described who will not say no to it are also walking on eggshells. And as you know, professionally, walking on eggshells around somebody constantly is one of the leading indicators that you're dealing with personality dysfunction. Yeah. It's not, not necessarily people can have bad times. They can have a month long, horrible depression, not be personality disordered, but this whole, I'm afraid to say this. And I'm particularly afraid to tell the truth. Even if I do it in a loving way, that's a real danger flag to me. It's an absolute danger flag. And guess what? They need it. Like, like I had this one young girl, man, she, she was allergic to literally everything. I don't even know how that happened. I wonder if she really was though. You know what I mean? Like I really want like, what's up with her mom? Why is everything on the list? And she almost went hungry. I was like, we got this uh, Might be mom that needs treatment. <laughs> yeah, but dig what she did to mom. Mom made a man about something. She picked up a piece of bread and said, I will eat it and kill myself. If you don't do X, Y, Z. You hear that? Oh dear. She took the bread and put it to her mouth. But my my way is like, I feel like if a child does that, my kid, you know, does that to me, I might be like, well, we'll call 911 after you're done. And, you know, you'll get suctioned. You'll probably have a trach. I'm going to tell them not to give you Ativan when they come suction your throat. <laughs> and yeah, like, we're not going to like, no, man. Like that's, so this is how society should be. And guess what? Because the kids need it. Because guess what? Let me tell a good story. I have these kids who they get to run them up and do whatever, right? And I hear all this cursing, F this, F that, F that. And I'm like, ugh, that sounds so bad, even though I used to do it when I was their age too, right? Anyway, so, so then I walk up to them, I'm like, yo, y'all could like find better words to use. Like, y'all smart enough. I know y'all are smart enough where you don't have to use the F-bomb all the time. Like, let's try to see if we can go 30 minutes without cursing. They really tried to go 30 minutes without cursing. And in one, one would be like, oh, F, and then be like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm sorry. And, and it, that made me feel bad because I was like, these kids want, they just want to do the right thing. Yes. They just need guidance and society is throwing them off and their parents are scared of them. So this is what I mean when I say, now we're, we're going to have a bigger problem where our little 30, 40 year old problems, you know, that's going to be a joke compared to these, this next generation coming in. And then these policies, they bleed right in. I remember when my facility said, if somebody identifies as a woman, they can use the woman's bathroom. I said, we're going to have a problem here. We're going to have a problem because, and we did, because one, one day this random guy was like, I'm a woman today. And they started talking to him like he was a woman. And I said, okay. I absolutely it, it, okay. <laughs> it, can someone, I, I, this is rhetorical, but I have to say it. Can someone explain to me in a way that I can understand how it is that psych professionals are literally colluding with delusion and yes. affirming it. Everybody has said this before. I don't care how trite it is because no one has answered the question. No doctor, no nurse, no counselor would say, yes, you are Jesus Christ. Yes, you are Napoleon Bonaparte. Yes, you are Mother Teresa. Why are they saying, okay, today you are, you're a lady. Why are we why are professionals colluding and validating delusion? No, I have to wonder if it's because we're federally funded and told to do so. Yeah. Oh, how so? 
I have to wonder because, you know, especially with our administration now, um, you know, there's a lot of policies that I don't want anybody to get hurt, but you know, it's like, yo, you cannot even misgender without possibly losing your job, right? So, okay, these policies for safety, you know, quality act, whatever. So when you see the policy comes right on paper now, now this was on paper. If somebody identifies as a woman, they could use woman bathroom. And then they made us, you know, they're like, you know, you and this was a, a, this was a policy from the facility you were working in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and um, my boss knew too. He's like, I, and he was like, and when he came up to me, he's like, I don't even feel like asking you to stop because he knew I was going to say something. I'm like, I'm like, yo, how are we doing this here? I said, this is crazy. I said, no, I'm not going to be part of this. I was like, I'm not signing it. I was PR so I got to get away with doing like things like that. You know what I mean? But, um, but because it goes against my, again, everything. We're not helping these people. So now, now we're going to say, you know, oh, today he thinks he's a woman and then they will address him as Victoria. Like, no, like, no. But now we just allowed him to get worse in our facility. But have you ever had a conversation? This is this. I mean, uh, oh, there's so many things. I swear, I <laughs> wish I could be an anonymous fly on the wall. Um, have you ever had a conversation in any context with another professional in mental health, where you, where you talked about the fact, like what you and I are talking about right now, that this is that we that the the advice. And the ethos is to literally validate and confirm anti-factual delusions. Have you had that conversation with anybody say, because here's what I like, I look at this, right? And I know it isn't everybody who identifies as trans. I know that there are other populations. Some are autistic. Some are, are merely confused. But how I can't see anything that looks more like borderline personality disorder to me than a fully grown adult whose unstable identity is such that she believes she's a man and she tells other people that the only way for her to keep on a mentally even keel is for everyone else to pretend <laughs> she's a man too. How is this not borderline personality disorder? Yeah, this, have you ever had that conversation? We have those all the time. We do. What do people say? And then we all sound for the most part like this, right? But you know, you'll get that one person like, well, I don't know, you know, people, you know, I don't know, like people are so scared to be mean. I, this sounds so bad, but like people are so afraid to be straightforward because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. If we don't do it here, it's not about I'm going to hurt your feelings. I have to, again, parameters, reality, something. We have those conversations, but because these things are federally funded, but then, you know, there's always that boss of everything. So like, if they find out and if they find out that you went back and forth with a patient about yeah. their gender, oh, forget it. Oh, you know, God, <laughs> you know, my, my own psychologist that I see every two weeks, um, I asked him recently, uh, because we've talked, my, my thinking about this has evolved over, it's been almost five years that I've been seeing him. Um, and he's said many times, you know, he's worked with borderlines, he's worked with narcissists, uh, he basically, everybody he works with is a product of trauma, whether they're personality disordered or not. So I said, um, how do you approach a, a patient that you are certain they really do have borderline personality disorder that really is the problem that needs resolving? 
there are a lot of professionals out there who don't want to say the diagnosis because they think that it, it's going to make the patient run screaming or they think that it's going to affect their future medical treatment in their chart because they're known to be difficult. And I said, I feel like there needs to be a certain level of honesty. How do you approach such a patient? If you've got somebody who says, I'm willing to do the hard work, what happens? And he said to me, I tell them honestly at the beginning, if you work with me and we're gonna work towards recovery, there are gonna be a lot of times when you absolutely hate me. Mm -hmm. You're gonna hate me, you're gonna cry, you're gonna scream at me and tell me that I hate you. I don't, but he, that, you know, he believes that reality has to be discussed realistically too. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, well, it sounds like professionals are actually doing what I call quasi therapeutic. Like they think it's therapeutic to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's not, man. It's not. And it's not judging. And I don't mean being mean or being a bastard. We, yeah, we know. <laughs> we know, right? Like, nobody's saying, make, come on, nobody's going to work to make fun of the patient. But but it's not even about nice or not nice. It's about reality. And reality does not feel good. It doesn't. I will validate that to you. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying this is for no reason. Okay? Yes. I have, a, like I said, I have a justice mood disorder every morning or every night when I have to go to work. I'm like, oh, I don't want to, you know, like, but then I have to shake it up, I guess, you know, I hear you. All right. But now let's move to the next step. Do you really want to work towards the real goal? And, but with all of this now, like I said, and this is our biggest issue, the trans issue, it is a big issue. It is. Yeah. It's a sad, you know why it's the biggest, and, and, and it infuriates me because then they push people into these meds that that causes the suicide as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Okay. So when I hear people say, you know, the trans community has this much suicide in it. And I'm like, I personally think it's the medication that's causing the psychosis is making them want to kill themselves. Like I do, okay. I didn't do a study, but I do because I've seen them when they're going through it. Like, I, you know, I have compassion for people who are having this hard time. I do, Sure. which is why I want to deal in reality with them. I do because we're not doing them any favors. And all we're doing is making a bigger pool of messed up folks. I, and not that they're messed up. I just, you know I what understand. I mean? Like a bigger pool of, of problems. But now these borderline personality disorders, they're not in the facilities anymore. They they were never and always in the facilities, right? But they bled into our administrations and our, like, peop, like people who are making this big deal decisions for how we conduct ourselves as professionals and in our own personal lives, right? So it's it becomes self-serving for them to come out with certain decisions. So that- you see this, you see this too, because one of the things that, and I I can only report what it looks like to me and I'm not on the inside like you, but I, I really, I look around me, I look at the conversations that happen publicly that happen on social media that involve mental health professionals. And by God, so many of them, Casey, look to me like they are flat out borderlines and histrionics themselves. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. And some of them are just are cold hearted narcissists. Mm-hmm. And yes. they may put they may put up a really nice uh, facade, but I look at them and I'm like, you are in mental health to get narcissistic supply from people who are more, more vulnerable than you. And no yeah. one recognizes it. Right, right. So, um, the ones that are good are going to be leaving. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. getting, 
it's a shame. We've, uh, the healthcare system has been hijacked by something that is destroying it even more. You know, the, the, the nurse that, that's been there for a while and can see this coming and has their, their approach to it and it works. Because I've, you know, I've, I've, I've met older psych nurses who are very, very good at their craft where I'm like, dang, that was good how you did that, you know? Um, they're leaving, they're, they're leaving. Because you're tying up people's hands where they can't, they can't help you're making it that anything they do wrong, they could lose their job, you know? Short of me getting into other discussions. So they're, they're sifting out rea- like the real ones and then they keep in and yep. yes, people who want to be heroes. Um, and <clears> we <throat> saw a lot of that too with COVID with nurses. I, I, I oh God, say- yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, I would call everything out. I was pissed off. I said, what is going on? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so, a frontline I, hero. Yeah. God, I hated it. I hated it. There's not one picture with me with a mask on. Like I'm, like I might have <laughs> one on my phone, you know. But I did not do the. Let me put all the hot stuff on and take a picture. And I'm saving lives. Like no, I thought it was insane. <laughs> I was like, what are y'all? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, yeah. So there are a lot of narcissistic nurses. Yes, not just in sight, everywhere. Not all nurses, but of course not all nurses. But there are a lot who are like, right. well you know, I know what's best and I, and they need to do and that, you know, I, I, I even personally know a nurse who said, and I'm not to, because you, your podcast talks about these kind of issues in, yep. in everyday living. So we can go here. Mm-hmm. I saw a nurse post something on Facebook and she was like, you know, I wish you people would just stay home because I'm tired of working so hard. My feet hurt and I'm, you know, at the, at the job and my feet hurt and I'm, I'm working so hard and you guys won't stay home and somebody's having a kid's party. I'm about to report them. I was like, you need to take this off right now. This looks crazy. And they like- wonder, and people wonder why people like me, and there are a lot of us, why we don't trust the healthcare system. I mean, I've, I've had wonderful the healthcare system, Western medicine saved my life when I had an early heart attack at 36. You know, my surgeon saved my life. I'm the nurses, everybody, they saved my life. I'm really grateful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had really good dire acute medical care and good management care afterwards when it comes to my heart disease. Mm-hmm. But after the past two years, Casey, I, I don't have any trust left in, in, in public health in uh, somatic health or frankly in mental health uh, with with the exceptions of the people that I know have their heads screwed on straight. Um, But this behavior, this kind of behavior, you know, it seems to me there was a time when a nurse or a doctor would have been disciplined for representing the profession that way in public. It would be conduct unbecoming. But I don't see them getting their knuckles wrapped anymore. No. No, and it's like that. La- look, you know, to be real, the last two years makes me feel the same way too. Um, and I'm a nurse, right? Right. But it's it's being the last two years infuriated me, where I was yelling at the television, especially in the beginning of from the from day one, two weeks to slow. You know, I said this is not how you handle, you know, a virus. And then the lack of information, public health failed this nation. People who, people who know, I say that all the time. 
because I also worked in the public health department where people were calling me like, well, I got sick anyway. I wore like six masks and I got sick anyway. And I don't know what to do. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then they feel shameful. Like, yeah, they like, do. I don't know what to me. And I don't, and I felt bad for them. And I'm like, I, and, I, and it's like, of course they feel shameful because, you know, they told you that you need to not catch this type of life is that that doesn't make sense yeah, we, we've never <laughs> done this before either we've yeah, never, never done this before never, never. so then i had to calm them down like it's okay you know these things happen you know you probably touch a, a knob but what do i do now yeah you don't know what to do now because we didn't tell you what to do when you catch it because you will catch it you yeah know? because it's either stay at home and hope you don't die or don't come burden us in the emergency room if you didn't yes. get faxed i hated everything so and then they and then there we go with feeds in these these uh these these personality disorders nurses there were a lot of nurses who were getting dopamine hits from putting their picture on social media with all the scars from the n95 and then everybody liking it and everybody liking it everybody, <laughs> I I would. like and you know they, casey they people tell me i'm uh, uh, crazy and a mean fucking bastard frankly for pointing this out and i'm like you mean to tell me you really don't think there's a high percentage of this kind of borderline and, and histrionic behavior in the medical profession? Have you looked at nurses? <laughs> like, yeah, and like, because it, it's everywhere, right? It's people working places, right? Yeah. So people have issues. But this last two years, just it it, it, it it even magnified it for me. I was like, whoa, I didn't know. I was shocked though. I will say, I was like, when I saw nurses doing all this and some of them were getting on online, like, oh, they're trying to put me on a COVID unit and I have children and I can't take that back home to my kids. And I'm like, well, what then, why are you doing this? Thank God I'm around some good people. My best friend, she's a nurse too. And she would tell people, she was like, so a firefighter should not go into the burning building because they have children, right? Because they do, they go into the burning building. Right, what do you, this you is your I mean? job. Like, you chose yeah, the profession. Like, yeah, and this is nothing like, and I kept telling everybody, Y'all act like this is 1980, 1983, when there was a disease that came that was killing people in weeks and people didn't know where it was they were testing the Crisco. They were test, you know what I mean? So this is yep. not that. <laughs> like, I know. Those were the real MVPs, not us. Okay, so we're going to take a break, but we will come back and pick it up on the other side. Kevin and Josh work themselves to the bone to bring you dark and disturbing content every week. There are starving listeners overseas who get no podcasts at all. Show appropriate gratitude today by making a donation at patreon.com forward slash disaffected or at subscribestar.com forward slash disaffected. Do it for mother. Welcome back. I'm curious, actually, Casey, uh, did you know about Cluster B either in an academic way or in a personal way before you became a psych nurse? Or is this all knowledge that has come to you from your profession? I guess I'm going there. I'm saying, do you come from a crazy family too or not? Oh, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, um, now that I'm older, yeah, I can definitely uh, point out a lot of uh, a lot of the narcissistic behavior, like in in uh, in my family. I definitely can um, a lot of it. Yeah, first I didn't I didn't know there were names for certain things until I became a nurse. I was a waitress going nurse, right? So yep. I didn't know. I was a so, waiter for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard you say that on your own show, but um, yeah, so. So when I would hear names for certain behavior, there's some behavior, you know, histrionic behavior, like where you just really like crying and getting all this stuff. 
I did that a few times in my life. And when yeah, I read yeah. about it, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, this is a thing. <laughs> I got to chill, right? Yep. You know, let's be real. We're not perfect, right? You know? Right. So, so yes, of course. So now we're now that I have the knowledge. So I gained the knowledge academically. And then now I'm able to, now, you know, you're able to pick it out and pick it apart outside or, you know, of course at work. Even now when I work um, at places doing med surge, well, I know when I have a psych patient in med surge who's just not diagnosed. I'm sorry, what's that term you're using? Med what? Oh, med surge. Uh, So the hospital, medical surgical. Like for now I'm not doing the mental health. I'm just like doing, you know, the physical um, aspect of it. And then nobody gets a psych consult because everybody who comes in the hospital is perfectly fine mentally, which is not true, right? (laughs) Which is not true. So then, so you, you know, but now I'm glad that I have that psych that I know psych because I have a patient who I'm just supposed to be hanging IVs and stuff, but the way they're acting, I'm like, oh, here we go with the somatic behavior. Like, okay, whatever. Like, I know yeah. what it is. So I see it. So like, it'll be, a, but there might be another nurse. Like, I don't know. We just can't get a pain under control. We can't do that. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of somatic, like borderline behavior, whatever, because I can see. That's important. That's important to know. I mean, it seems to me really important to know for a professional so that they can make good judgments and discriminate between patients who may really have a chronic pain problem that's unaddressed and those who've got a psychological problem that's expressing itself that way. They are treated differently. Yeah, I treat it differently, but let me tell you, you open up up a can of worms with that one because technically we're we're told not to treat it differently. Like, isn't that crazy, right? So you want to like, with pain, it's like pain is subjective. What? Yes. Like, like, okay, right? Some people deal with pain differently. But somebody doing cartwheels down the hall and telling me that they're having pain at level 10, it's like, is it really a 10? Like, but if I ask that question, it goes against my... Well, know? I can't answer that because I'm not a physicist. Yo, don't get me started. Well, see, that's everywhere. (laughs) Aren't we asked to abandon our sense? We're asked to abandon, it seems to me, our common sense, our experience from years of living, our our intellect, our ability to suss out what's more likely and what's less likely. We're, I mean, well, this is part of the don't judge era that we've been living in for too long and it seems to me to be getting worse don't judge isn't just don't uh, don't unfairly and excessively harshly judge people it's a commandment not to actually make judgment calls right right so yes and then and so then now you can't have the real conversation without about anything without being called either mean, crazy, or it's like the person who's in reality is getting called bad names all the time. Just because you have the, it's not, but just because you just have the wherewithal to like deal with it for what it is, right? So like, you know, even like, how, and then it is becoming this thing where less and less people are doing it, where you said something in one of your last shows where you're like, you know, people call me brave, and you know they mean well, but like I shouldn't be basically brave for saying what's in our faces, right? But you're either brave or you're a bad person if you're just stating the yeah. obvious. Like, I should not, like, 
I mean, not to like plug myself, but like I make videos and stuff like that. And like, I get people who are like, oh my gosh, that is so good. Like, that's so, you're so courageous for saying X, Y, Z. And I'm like, but nah, but like, this is what it is. Like, right. this is what it is. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and then, and I, and then, and I'm, it's not like I have a black and white, like I'm perfect where I'm like, that's what it is. And this is what it is. And I'm fine with everything. No, I get emotional too. Sure. You're supposed sure. to, but we're not supposed to live there. We're not supposed to live there in the state where now it has gotten to the point where we are destroying the very fabric of reality. You Thank know? you. I'm like, and we, we are. And if it already was starting from back in the day, kind of slowly, the last two years gave it an upkick. It did. Yep. It, everything just went in full gear. And I'm like, wow, where is reality? You know? I know. Well, it, it, so one of the one of the last questions I was going to ask you to talk about a little bit, I'm not even sh quite sure how to ask it. What can we do? We as just people on the street, people like you who are professionals, people like me who are not professionals, but are commentators. What can we do to turn this around to contribute to some effort of bringing society back to reality? But part of me feels like it just and today it feels like that a lot. It feels like it's so much bigger than people like us that I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit hopeless. Um, yeah. I, yeah. What do you think? What are we going to so, do? I get, so I, 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 I see what you mean. Yeah, I know. Um, so to me, like, of course, like it's, it's sad facility wise, like I'm going to speak to that and I'm going to speak to that. Yes. Outside. Real quick, so facility-wise, it's a shame because I told you, those of us who care, a lot of us are being sifted out. And it's like a lot of people say, no, you should stay and fight. But it's like, yo, I could lose my job for doing and, and that might sound selfish, but is it selfish that a person has a family and they don't want to lose their job and yeah. license too? People will come for your license where now you, you can't even work anywhere as a nurse. Yeah. So until we have a bunch of uh, uh, everybody standing in unison, if you're going to just, they're going to sift the people out for now. Right? For yeah. I think that's so going to happen for a happen, while. So what I, so what I think has to happen is actually society needs to get itself back together in order for the facilities to start to like, um, re remember to start going back to reality. So to use as an example, you know, but this is a corporate example. So society now has this thing where if, you know, if somebody even looks at a black person in the wrong, it's like, you're racist. Like, no, that's not, you cannot do that. Okay. So, or, you know, the Florida bill with the don't say gay and all that, which was, right. that's not what the bill says. So, so Disney was like doing the thing. And I guess Disney was so excited about what, but people outside are getting tired of being told how to feel about things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I know. Right. It's like, but people are getting tired. And then, some letter leaked, you know, out that they're writing, the, the conservatives are writing to Disney, like, yo, like we matter too. More and more of that, they're going to start to see. Things are happening, but they're happening slowly. But what we can do, keep speaking in reality like you are. Like when you, when you go to that store and everybody was wearing a mask back there and you told them, I'm going to write a letter to your manager. I heard that episode too. And tell them you should not wear, be wearing a mask and nobody else is doing it do things like that. That's the little individual things that we can do because you're doing it in a way where you're snapping people back into reality in an assertive but respectable way. And that doesn't, it's not always, it's not going to sound like, like fluffy, fluffy, you know, preachers. I don't no. care. And I don't care. We, it's crucial now that we speak in reality. 
to these kids, to every, you know, to speak in reality, to continuously have these conversations and stuff like that. And I, you know, it's, there's so many of us who sound like this because the more people I'm meeting, we all sound alike and we all come from different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. but we we're getting tired of everything. I see the hope because something is brewing in the, in the people in, in us that we're getting tired and we're speaking up and, I just think that we just got to keep speaking up and dig our feet into the ground too. Um, because when you start to speak up, people are going to try to attack you. So, oh, like, yes, they do. <laughs> like be ready to stand for what you believe in. You know, you found, I have a foundation in what you believe in and standing for it. Um, well, that's a little, that's, I mean, that I, I, I'm glad you said that because I, that gives me a little bit of hope that somebody else who's not me is looking around and saying, I see other people getting tired too. I see more people getting ready to speak up. If that's the case, you know, I'll take whatever little crumbs I can get, but any movement in that direction uh, is good. Cause I got, I got fed up long before a lot of other people did, but then there were some people who got fed up long before I did too, who are probably asking the same thing. What took you so long? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Casey, I want to thank you so much for sitting down and, and talking with me. It's especially fun because you're a listener that I get to have you on as a guest yeah. too. Uh, you're only number two, so. Um, oh no! Excuse me. Uh, here's how I'm gonna. Here's how I'm gonna advertise this show. First black woman ever on Disaffected podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I'm finally a first black woman doing. <laughs> days with this. I know we can have more of these conversations. I could <laughs> like, very easily keep talking to you. Yes, like I enjoyed myself. No, but seriously, I did enjoy myself and I, and yeah, I like what I was introduced to your podcast and the minute I heard it, I said, oh, I started clapping. I said, God, this is so refreshing. Like we need it. You know what I mean? I, I love what you do. And well, th- thanks. I, thank I, you I, for I, being a part of it. And thank you for giving everybody a perspective from an actual working professional. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Casey, yeah. Thanks again. Uh, good luck in your work. We will talk again, my friend. Absolutely. And you got you have a wonderful night. Well, hello, listener. It's Mommy again. You're quite welcome for the fine program. Why don't you show some gratitude? Send Mommy some money on Patreon. Patreon.com slash disaffected. Or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. You wouldn't want Mommy to starve, would you? And if you don't love your dear mother, you're not invited to find us on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey for our hottest weekly content. I guess this is goodbye forever.